Portions of this podcast may not be suitable for children. It's real-life stories and sometimes PG-13. Home is not a place, it's a feeling. Cecilia Aaron. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Hear true life stories, catch good vibes, and be inspired by engaging messages. On this show, we'll think twice about life, faith, and just what could be possible when the two are united. Broadcasting from the beautiful Great Lakes state of pure Michigan, here's your host, Dan Henderson. Hello, thank you for listening. Today's show is entitled Coming Home, Returning to the Faith. Now, this is something that I know about. My parents were ministers and they helped lots of people in their small inner city church. I was raised to know Jesus, but as I got older, I was more influenced by my peers than by the church. Eventually, I gave up on my faith altogether. I never stopped believing I'd seen way too much to deny the truth. I simply walked away from my own selfish desires. From there, I suffered under the weight of my own choices, addiction, jail, loss. But my parents were praying, and by the time I turned 21, I had this stirring hunger for the truth, and I began searching. When I read the scriptures for myself, I was shocked to learn things like Proverbs 8.17. It says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Also, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29.13. You can hear my full conversion story on episode 8, From Darkness to Light, or check out episode 13, Free Indeed, Getting Right with God. Now let's get right into our first story. I was hit by a drunk driver. I spent six weeks in the hospital and had five surgeries in one year. I was told I would never walk again. I spent two years fighting out of the wheelchair. And I tell you that so that you can understand why Jesus is the Lord of my life. Because I nearly died in that auto accident. And when I asked him, Lord, why me? Why are you doing this to me? He didn't answer right away. There was some silence. And then, and then he started to speak to me through people that he sent into my life. He started to speak to me. See, God didn't do that to me, but he did allow it to happen so that I would learn that I needed to accept him as Lord and that I needed to accept his call. It's been a long journey from 1998. I realized that when I cried out to him and said, Lord, why are you doing this to me? I'm not a rapist. I'm not a pedophile. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a bad guy. I mean, why why me? While I was not a rapist, a murderer, a thief, a pedophile, or anything like that, I was still in chains. I had vices. I was a smoker. I was a drinker. I was a I chewed tobacco. I was I cursed like a sailor. I loved to gamble. I loved to chase women. Real ladies, man. I was in trouble and I didn't even know it. I thought those things were normal. I thought that's what everybody does. But I was in chains to my vices. So as the Lord worked on my body and and slowly healed it, he had to do it slowly because I'm a little hard-headed. It takes me time to learn. But as he started to heal my body, I, I he started to heal me on the inside as well. And it's taken years. On June 13, 1999, I wheeled my wheelchair down the aisle at a church. 
up to the front. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And it took time after that to heal my legs, to heal my heart, to heal my mind. I'm still a work in progress. I still have a long way to go. But if you had seen me the first 30 years of my life, you would have, and look at me now, you could see, brothers and sisters, that there's such a difference that I'm not the same as I used to be. But let me get back. Chains. I was in bondage to all of my vices. But let me tell you, as he told me that he was going to start taking the vices, I ran and I rebelled because how could I have him take my vices when there's so much fun? I liked the party. I liked chasing girls. That was fun. I liked gambling. I liked winning more than losing, but I gambled nonetheless. I enjoyed my cigarettes. I enjoyed my tobacco. I spoke like a sailor and it was funny. I made people laugh. So, so what? Can't I love you, Jesus, and do this too? And Jesus started to work on me and started to work on me. And as he took those vices away from me, friends, let me tell you what he did. He blessed me. He replaced them. He replaced every single vice that I had with blessings. He took alcohol and he gave me a beautiful wife. He took tobacco and he took gambling and he took womanizing and he took a, a foul mouth. And as he took all of those things from me, he gave me six children and a granddaughter and a home and a job I love. Folks, as he took things from me, he filled me with things he wanted me to have. And I gotta tell you that I've never been happier in my life. And I tell you in tears, very honestly, because I want you to know that you can trust him with your life, that he loves you. I wasn't looking for him. He found me. And friends, if you're watching this, he's looking for you too. Is that if you've been let down by a father here on earth, by a mother, by a spouse, by a best friend, by anybody, that you just place that hurt in his hands and let him mend you. Let him work on you. Give your life to him and he will fill you. He will take everything that's not supposed to be there and he will fill you with what he has for you, which is way better than anything that you could ever imagine for yourself. It's at that point that you'll start to learn and really understand. This is what happened with me, folks. I had to release. I had to let go. It took years, it took time. I had to release. When I started to release, I started to understand what each and every stripe on the back of his back meant to me and to the world. I started to understand that he took the cross for me and he will take it for you. He took it for you. Share your heart with him today. Give your heart to him today. You'll be amazed at the things he's doing in my life. How he's speaking to me. How he's moving me. And how he's doing things in my life right now. He can do the same for you. Will you please 
Give your life to him today. Confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And you will be saved. And then start to walk that journey with him. Start to have that relationship with him. Talk to him every day. Give him your problems every day. Jesus is amazing. He will save your life. He will change your life. He will transform you from the inside out. Give him the opportunity to do that today. Thank you. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Come see us at thinktwicetv.com. All through my childhood, even though my mom knew God and even though I grew up in that setting and I heard all of the words and I believed it with some sort of faith that definitely had no impact on my lifestyle. There was a difference between the God that I thought and the God that I wanted and the God that I knew to be true but just tried to push to the side and I couldn't hear it over the pulpit and I couldn't read about him in scripture because it just came against everything that I wanted. I would watch my mother and she she would have prayer meetings, she would just be clean like in her lifestyle and to me it was boring and I wanted the things that made me excited and you know that just fulfilled something in me that I just could not see God fulfilling or righteous living fulfilling at all. So I uh, remember telling my mom, and this broke her heart because she always thought that I was a good uh, Christian child. And I told her, I said, I can never follow Jesus the way that you do. I said, I believe in him and I know that he died for my sins, but I, I'll never be like you. I'll never be good like this. And I don't want it. And I told her that. And then I think right after that, I said, but I hope I go to heaven. <laughs> I really did not want anything to do with God. I didn't want anything to do with what it meant to follow God in a real sense. I didn't want to be good. There were things that I wanted to do. There, were, there was music that I wanted to listen to. There was stealing that I wanted to do. And just um, all of that fun that I thought that I was having led to paths of every type of shame that you can think of. The person that I became was one that my friends did not respect at all. Dishonest, cowardly, and self-seeking in every way. Going through high school, oh, how I just wanted to people to just recognize me and, and, and to see me as more than I knew that I was. And the more that people wouldn't give me the recognition that I wanted, the more it just made me have to own up to my own just failure to be anything good. So in the winter of 2003, going into 2004, I came to terms with who I really was my need and desire to just want to be something that I knew that I wasn't and failing in all of the ways that I tried. Drinking myself into a stupor all the time. And I mean, past the point where it was even funny, really out of control, fighting, you know, my friend over what kind of food we got at the supermarket. Just miserable, so miserable, like a miserable human being. Dying inside in a lot of ways and just falling apart, but still refusing to acknowledge the real truth, just knowing what it is and knowing that that truth and, and owning up to it could bring some sense of at least being honest for once in my life. I remember one evening I was in my kitchen. I was just thinking about my life and where it was going, where it had been, what, what things that I have to show for anything. And it was all just hopelessness. I mean, I felt ashamed. 
but I just remember just thinking about how bad things were and thinking something has to be done about this because this can't go on. It just cannot go on. I can't live a lie anymore. I can't do these things that are harming not only myself, but my mother, my friends. I mean, I'm just no good to anyone. So I'm just mulling over this and I'm thinking about this. And then I remember opening up my uh, refrigerator door. As soon as that door opened, that gospel that I had always heard growing up, it came back to me. And I remembered what the answer was. For the first time in my life, I really knew in my heart, and I can't explain this, that door opened and I just saw Jesus Christ as the answer. All those problems that I knew that I had that I didn't want to face, I couldn't face, I was trying to just mask them to just do this and that, and all of the issues that I had, he was the one solution. The only way that I could have any peace at all, it would be because of him. I just needed to be near him, and I couldn't explain it, I couldn't articulate that feeling of seeing him as so much better than me, but also welcoming me. It was like I was the type of person that he would accept. Like I was ashamed of who I was, but I knew that the only answer, like the answer wasn't to just run away from this being that I was now seeing. The answer was to go to him and to run to him. And I did, I ran to him and I said, Lord, I'm gonna follow you for the rest of my life. I'm gonna follow you. So after that first year, God saved me. There began to be a backsliding that would last quite a few years. I don't know how it started. What I do remember is the heart just growing cold, um, sin starting to take root, maybe some things that were never really dealt with, which led me into a spiral. Um, I was doing things as a Christian that I never did before I was actually converted. And I say this with so much shame and fear and trembling. I mean, I thought I was going to die more than once, and not just because I was living wildly, but because my soul could not handle the torment that it was in when I was doing those things and when I was living that way. Crying out to God, screaming out to God, coming home from a night of partying and I hadn't slept yet, just tears coming down and just, I mean, more than a handful of times. God in His goodness and in His mercy, uh, when I was first saved, one of the first people that I had uh, witnessed to was one of my best friends. He had spent a lot of time praying for me and just pleading with God for me. Um, I finally came out of that by the skin of my teeth. God literally plucked me up. It had nothing to do with me. It was, it was not my own strength. It was not my own wisdom. I, I didn't try real hard and grit my teeth. Um, it was just mercy, pure grace, pure mercy. And God used Kevin um, and uh, some others in my life, but you know, just, just to kind of slowly get me out of that. Scripture says that Christ says to us, all you who are heavy laden, come to me and I will give rest. You will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you for I am gentle and lowly in heart. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. It doesn't matter. Be honest. The, the worst thing that you could possibly do is not own up to the things that you know that you're doing, the, the things in your heart that you won't tell anyone about, those secrets, don't run away from that, own up to it. And if you go to Christ with your whole heart, if you see who you are inside and, and, and it's black and it's hopeless, that's a great place. Don't turn away from that. Don't, don't think that you have to be 
more or better, don't. Just stay there and then know that Jesus Christ, he says, come to me all of you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He came for the sick and not the well and for the sinners and not the righteous. It's the low lives, it's the low born of the world. It's the sinners of the world. I'm not sure of a lot of things, but I'm sure of one thing, that Jesus Christ is a good and a perfect Savior, and He will not turn any away who come to Him in spirit and in truth. You don't have to do any religious activity. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to do anything except go to Him just as you are. Just as you are, don't change a thing. Just go to Him, and He will forgive you. Life, hope, and truth for Generation Now. This is Hashtag Gospel. Relevant, inspiring, and straight to the point. The gospel and what it means for us. Every journey requires a map. Otherwise, you'd just be wandering aimlessly. A map shows you where you are and allows you to see if you veered off course. This was the story of God's people, the Israelites. They were living lives corrupted by sin and destruction completely off course, but they didn't know just how far because God hadn't revealed all of his standards yet. That is, until he gave them the law. It was a list of his requirements if they wanted to reconnect with him. The problem was, it showed them that his standard was perfection, and they were far from perfect. So why would he give them guidelines they couldn't follow? He had the bigger picture in mind. The law simply exposed just how far off the mark they were, so that they would see their flaws and realize their need for God, because they couldn't get back on course without Him. They were invited to trust the one who would restore their relationship with God. This is the same thing we need. The law shows us that we're off course, and the gospel is the way back on. This is Hashtag Gospel. View each message as an amazing animated video at hashtaggospel.com. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at hashtaggospel. It's time for a bottle of Bill's Wisdom, a short, single-serving message of wisdom from our friend, Pastor Bill Leach. You and I will never be what God wants by just trying real hard. We're not going to get there by thinking, well, we'll be better than any other church. We'll work at it, and we won't, we won't be like either side. We'll be missional. But that's not going to work. It's only we can try and work at it only so long before fatigue sets in. You know, the only way is for the fundamental structures of our hearts to be changed. And that happens by an encounter with Jesus Christ. The Bible never tries to bring change to our lives by appealing directly to our will. It's always by going to our heart. For example, in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul talks about giving your money. And he doesn't say be generous because it's the Christian thing to do. No, he says if you're struggling with generosity, it's because you don't really know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who on the cross, though he was rich, became poor so that you through his Poverty might become rich. If we've been genuinely changed by Jesus, if we've fallen in love with him, if we want to glorify him, please him, we can't help but be generous. 
to the degree that we grasp in the depths of our being Jesus' love and mercy and grace for us. To that degree, we find our identity and our purpose and our significance in our relationship with him. And to that degree, we become like him. Listen to how a man by the name of, you can read the name up there, Diognetus. Listen how he described early Christians in a letter. He said, they marry like everyone else and they have children, but they do not destroy their offspring. They share a common table, but not a common bed. They exist in the flesh, but they do not live by the flesh. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven. They obey the prescribed laws, all the while surpassing the laws by their lives. They love all men and are persecuted by all. They are unknown and condemned. They are put to death and restored to life. They are poor, yet makes, make many rich. They lack everything, yet overflow in everything. They, they are assailed by the Jews as barbarians. They're persecuted by the Greeks. Yet those who hate them are unable to give any reason for their hatred. We are truly amphibious creatures in the world, for the world, but not of the world. What a challenge. What an invitation. What an adventure. And God fill us with awe. May he fill us with his love so that we can love as he does. Today's stories show us that no matter how hopeless it may seem, God can still change lives. This reminds me of a time when I was spraying our yard for weeds. Two of my younger sons were watching in amazement from the window, and to be honest, I felt a little proud as they watched my flurry of activity spraying back and forth covering the entire yard. Finally, they got bored and they stopped watching. That's when I noticed I never clicked on the chemicals that would actually kill the weeds. I had to laugh at myself a little, so I clicked on the power and sprayed it again. Afterwards, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, this is the difference between working through your own strength and working through my Holy Spirit. This was true for me too. When I was living in my rebellion, I wasn't interested in the faith. But when God's Holy Spirit moved on me in power, I was changed forever. You may need that today. If so, head over to peacewithgod.net um, or maybe you're thinking about someone else that you love. Let's pray and keep praying that God will move in his power at just the right time. While you're at it, send us a message and we'll pray for them too. Our next episode is entitled, The Jewish Jesus. We hear from Jews who, to their surprise, were inspired and changed when they read the words of Jesus. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Come see us at thinktwicetv.com. Find original videos, true life stories, and content to help you grow your faith at thinktwicetv.com. This project is sponsored by Media Messengers Evangelistic Association, revealing the love and power of God through media, mediamessengers.org. If you like the show, follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at mmessengers, on Instagram at mediamessengers, or subscribe to our growing YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mediamessengers. And please, please help us reach more people by sharing this podcast. Lastly, check the show notes for links and resources. God bless.